Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, how are you? I'm all right. I've got. I'm. I'll. I'll be honest with you. I'm in the middle of cooking. Oh yeah. I've. I have, I've been doing some cooking of late. I've been trying to learn to cook. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um. I, do you cook? I cook a lot. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to the news and we'll get to. Um, well, I, I can do. I can do the news if you want. Oh, that'd be great. I've been trying to do the news Wrestle on my off own for ages. I could do right. Jerry if you want. All right. Cool. Well, if you and Jerry did the news, yeah. Then I've just got. I've got based a few things and yeah. Peel. Peel things, good, yeah, and um, maybe boil that thing. Yeah, just boil. Do you just put the do you just put it straight in the kettle if you want to boil it? Yes, that's yeah, that's yeah fine. So do, I just yeah. put the pasta just in get, the kettle. Just if you peel your potatoes, and then just put them straight in the kettle. Straight in there. Yeah, and then hey presto, boil potatoes. True story. I once did accidentally drop my mum's toothbrush down the toilet. Did you? I was removing it from the sink and yeah. it fell out of the little cup. When I lived at home many years ago, it dropped into the toilet. And well, I thought, oh, f- well, no, I thought, oh, I, just, oh, I just, did a, <laughs> just did a swear, I didn't mean to. I thought, oh, dear, what am I going to do? If she gets ill, I'm going to feel really bad. Yeah. But because I was an idiot teenage well, there was no boy... no to scour it round the rim, was there? <laughs> I was an idiot teenage boy, I thought the best way to get rid of germs is to put it in boiling water, and I literally did put it in the kettle and boil it, and of course it came out all bent and... And then she said, Richard! Why have you been boiling my toothbrush? Oh, Richard! She was posh, my mum. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, the, is the optimum thing, is the optimum tool to use for under-the-rim cleanage, is, that an, is it actually an electric toothbrush? I, ge- I guess so. Because it vibrates, doesn't it? And you, it's the right, the head, the head is the right size. It's funny, because when my cleaner comes around, she never home. brings any yeah. anything with her. Snowflakes know. at home, maybe try it out and... Um, what, let us know? Yeah, let us know. So, Jerry and you will do the news while I sort out this incredible Brexit-themed meal. This an incredible podcast. We started <laughs> off trying to solve the problem of Brexit, and all we've succeeded in doing so far is making people eat lasagna and beans and cleaning their own toilet rims with an electric toothbrush. <laughs> One comment that sent into us this week... not managed any of that, no. One comment said, of the new European podcast, and we'll get to see some of your comments, yes. listeners, later meandering and I think that has been proved in the first two minutes and 30 seconds of this pod <laughs> meandering nonsense um, sometimes they talk about Brexit so I'll leave you and Jerry to do that I'll yes. pop out and t- t- get that get that cooking going and then I'll come back for Brexit of the week so Steve I'll hand over now to you and Jerry stay angry fight Brexit subscribe to the new European 
Your first 13 issues of the New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting podcast one, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to the New European. So Richard has gone to uh, drain his spuds in this um, bizarre and uh, obvious conceit that he's actually cooking something rather than just not here when we're recording this bit. Uh, and I'm here with, with, with Jerry and uh, we're going to talk about the, a great week in Brexit news and we're going to talk about the election leaflets uh, for the European elections. The, the, the shock of the week, obviously, is... Well, there's shock news, isn't there? On Thursday afternoon... Uh, we discovered that Boris Johnson was going to run for Conservative Party leadership. I mean, shock horror! Who would have known? No, <laughs> Did you see it coming? No one, no one, no one could have seen it's that completely coming. Completely left field. This. I know. If only there'd been some kind of sign, some kind of clue, some kind of you know political manoeuvres that might have tipped us off. But he's going to have to wait a little bit longer, isn't he? Why? Um, so yeah, on Thursday, uh, Theresa May had her most recent meeting with the 1922 committee um, who have decided she is going to have to set her leaving date but they've given her another two weeks. She's not going to have to do it until after she brings the withdrawal agreement bill back in a couple of weeks' time. Yes. It's hanging on, isn't it? She's just hanging on by her fingernails. And we keep saying that Theresa May is a terrible negotiator at all this but she's negotiated her um, kind of terms of leaving pretty well isn't she well yeah i mean it's it's um i guess it's like when you i mean i've been made redundant a couple of times in my illustrious journalist journalistic career as, as you will probably understand why when if you've heard me rambling on on this podcast <laughs> before but they do ask you whether you've got a counter proposal to being uh, made redundant and Is it uh, usually not it's to usually, make redundant? <laughs> and it's usually and i think by law you then have to go away and think about it um, and then you go, actually, we've decided to make you redundant after all, despite your suggestion. So this is sort of what she's come back with. Yeah, and she's she's won an extra two weeks. I guess that's something. She's clinging on to some kind of a semblance of control about her going. But, um, yeah, with Boris announcing he will inevitably stand, the leadership race is heating up. Yes, Um they had a row, didn't they, apparently, in the 1922 committee. Apparently Graham, it was very frank. Graham Brady <laughs> said it was very frank, and apparently that means that they had a, they had a row. And uh, we think that, um, that that is because some people said, you must go immediately, we want you to go today and name a date today. And she said, away with you, or words to that effect. Um, do you know Michael White's theory of why she wants the other... The, the next two weeks. I don't, tell me. Michael White's theory is that in two weeks she will have moved past Gordon Brown and the Duke of Wellington uh, for length of tenure as Prime Minister <laughs> and she won't leave as the 37th or the, you know, th- her, her tenure won't be 37th. She'll have moved up to the, the heady heights of, of 35th. I guess um, she's got to leave with something to show In the for rankings. It. But she, well, she hasn't really got anything to show for this. Has she at all? Not a, not a thing. She's going to go away as and being remembered as really one of the worst prime ministers, I think, of modern times. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was thinking about this before. 
you know, Jim Callaghan, who you you probably weren't born when he was the Prime Minister. He was the Prime Minister until May 1979. No, nope, wasn't No, born. you weren't born then. Sonny Jim. Um, and he was, I mean, uh, you know, for, for for all his sort of flaws and cleaning up the, the, the some of the mess that um, that Harold Wilson had made, he, um, and he was a great Foreign Secretary, um, Jim Callaghan, but he did sort of introduce polls for devolution in Scotland and Wales and he did work with Jimmy Carter to try and bring the Israelis and the Palestinians together which he Carter briefly did uh, at Camp David and then John Major you know I mean people will remember his spitted image puppet and stuff like that but oh, I know he, that. but but you know Northern Ireland you know the work the work that Tony Blair completed was started by John Major, and for that reason, he was a, a, a you know will be remembered as a good prime minister, if not a very good prime minister. Um, although it didn't do him much uh, good at the polls. And Gordon Brown, you know, again he did more as chancellor, um, but he did refuse to take us into the euro, even when Tony Blair said, "If you take us into the euro, you can be prime. I will resign, um, and you can be prime minister." Or, or so it is. So it is said. I think Claire Short. Uh, uh, said that, uh, you know but it's why, not been confirmed. You know why this two weeks is interesting, though? Yeah. Because the National Conservative Convention meets on June 15th. Right. And that's the grassroots activists, you oh, know, yeah, who yeah. are all kind of voting and wanting to um, vote for a no-confidence motion in here. Yeah. So They're like the orcs of the Conservative Party. I'm, I'm sure they'll appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> that reference. Um, so if they bring back the withdrawal agreement bill week of the 3rd of June and it gets voted down again yeah. and the implication is that she will then go straight away yes. it saves her the embarrassment of being essentially kicked out by yeah. activists of a party that she's been involved with her whole life Yeah. so I think it's interesting timing but she really is hanging on right until the last second yeah she is and I think there is no um, I think the end of the pretense that even if she uh, lost this vote, um, which we can talk a bit more about in a second. Um, even if she lost this vote, they were saying it, until last week they were sort of saying, "Well, she would stay on, and we would that would end this parliamentary session, and then we would start again, and there'd be in, indicative votes then, and then we'd probably, you know, try and work out." which was the most popular, and then we'd talk about... A, a, Fresh hell. I know, exactly, <laughs> just kicking the, the can all over again. That seems to have stopped now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, and... Another thing that has happened is that, um, talking of useless Prime Ministers who achieved uh, nothing, um, I suppose you could say that David Cameron gave us, um, you know, gay marriage. We didn't have a double-dip recession in this country um, like some European countries did, although, you know, at a huge cost of austerity. His book's coming out, isn't it, now? Oh, praise. (laughs) Um, The book that um, everyone said he was... That they weren't going to publish until Brexit was sorted out. And yet here we are. He's actually had to go. Actually, I'll just put it out there. This is never going to be sorted out. But he's got his face on the cover, isn't it? So I suppose the fear is, if he leaves it until we've sorted Brexit, the photo might not be no. representative anymore. It no. might be, you know, 20 years down the line and it doesn't look like him anymore. So he had to get it out, I think, didn't it? But yes. yeah, what's it called? For the record. For the record, yes. And I imagine it's going to be a lot of focusing on why he called the referendum. I mean, yes. from what I've heard, it's a lot of, you know, if the British public were stupid enough to vote to leave the European Union, why should I have stopped them? And I think right. many years ago, you know, people in his position would have said that was exactly what his job 
would have been. Yes, it would be good if it just said, I didn't do it with that pig in massive letters. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that pig. It's just setting the record Miss straight. Miss Piggy, <laughs> like Bill Clinton. <laughs> But I think there'll probably be more content in it than that. I hope so. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, and Theresa May, no achievements whatsoever, although today she did say, I ha- still have full confidence in Chris Grayling, which, oh. which is amazing, Perhaps isn't it? Perhaps the only person in the country. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's maybe that's her... Maybe that's what she will be remembered for, for having full confidence in, in Chris Grayling. So th- th- there is going to be another vote, but it's not going to be the same vote as last time. It's going to be the vote on the withdrawal agreement bill rather than a meaningful vote. Yeah. What are the chances of this succeeding? Slim to none. Slim to none. Um, yes, yeah, a second reading, isn't it? And it's going to be apparently in the week of June the 3rd. It's going to be a really busy week because that's when Donald Trump's supposed to be here as well. <sighs> Um, there's also the Peterborough by-election, which Great. is um, looking pretty spicy. And then, like I say, the next week it's supposed to be the National Conservative Convention. So I'm anticipating sleeping for approximately five hours that week. Five hours. Um, that's but, good. Uh, that's that's, that's just before my holiday starts as well. This is very <laughs> exciting. But, yeah, I think a number 10 insider has said that she's still 80 MPs short of winning the vote. <laughs> Just the eighty MP. Just the eighty. I mean, um, Graham Brady, who obviously led this meeting of the nineteen twenty-two committee on Thursday, and is behind all of this. Last week, he was saying we're going to take the backstop out of the, you know, we're just going to, we're, we're going to take the backstop out of the withdrawal agreement bill and then everything will be fine. And then, you know, enough people will support it to pass it and it'll all be great. And, um, and, and, and that sounds absolutely fine until you realise that that is something the EU will never agree to. And the, the, Sammy Wilson from the DUP was admitting this, of all people, today and just saying that's a non-starter of course it's going to have the backstop in it and that's why we're going to have to vote against it it's just not going to happen and all sides on the Brexit divide are saying you know we're going to vote this down whether you're looking to DUP whether you're looking to members of the Tories Labour is still not convinced um the Lib Dems will only back it if there was a confirmatory referendum which there isn't um you know Greens aren't going to back it to Change UK, obviously, are not there. So she's not... It's not looking great for her. No, it doesn't look great for her. Uh, Liam Fox, who's never been wrong about anything, is predicting that if MPs do vote this uh, legislation down, um, as we think they will, it will be a choice between either cancelling Brexit, so revoking Article 50, or no deal. Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure there is enough parliamentary votes for either of those things. Um, Boris Johnson is going to stand. There's some speculation that Boris Johnson might say, rather than having another general election, we will have a referendum on no deal or whatever. It seems like the sort of thing that a charlatan like him might promise. It does, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) To try and bring an end to all of this kind of stuff. Uh, I guess we just need to, to, to wait and see. Before that... We have the exciting European elections, uh, the elections that we, nobody wanted us to have, as the Conservative Party leaflet uh, says, which is great. Um, have you what, what, what election leaflets have you have you enjoyed the most? Well, I've not actually had any to my house. That's disappointing. Um, I don't know if they just know who I am, yeah. or um, but and, I've, I've, and honestly, has anyone ever been more into European elections than they are now that we're? 
you know, set to leave. Yes. Um, the ones I've been enjoying, I really enjoyed the Labour one that they've had to redraft, not redraft. Yes. Um, after there was no um, speak of any referendum on there. Um, yes. Of course, Labour said there were different leaflets for different places in the country and they didn't have to redraft it. Okay. Um, but... You know, Hillary Benn and Kiss. One for Seamus Milne's house and then one for Tom Watson's house. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, we are having another vote. No, we're definitely not. So I quite enjoyed that That one. That would be good. Um, I've enjoyed the Tories' general non-leafleting and just generally being not at all bothered (laughs) about these elections or putting up candidates or telling people who their candidates are or what they'll do or really taking part at all. Um, But, of course, there's been plenty of uh, leaflets popping through people's doors and the like for the Brexit party. Yes. Um, I've seen a few Lib Dem ones about as well. Yes. So they're, they're getting the word out there. I have had... What have I had? I've had the Lib Dems and nobody else. Mm. Uh, I'm quite relieved I've not had the Brexit party. Um, it struck me looking at these online that a lot of the leaflets are, are pretty much the same. I've got three quotes here and you need to tell me which party's leaflets they come from. Oh, on. First one, we need real change. I've never seen politics so broken or out of touch. Number two is we need to change politics for good. Let's put the principles of truth, honesty and integrity at the heart of our democracy. And the third one is Brexit is a mess and politics is broken. Let's change it. So real change, change politics for good or Brexit is a mess and politics is broken. Let's change it. What about real change? I've never seen politics so broken or out of touch. These are interchangeable. Yeah, exactly. They They could be anyone. Yeah. I'm going to say that that is Change UK. Change UK is actually Brexit is a mess and politics is broken. Let's change it. Uh, Real change, um, I've never seen politics so broken or out of touch, is the Greens. Right. So So who is, we need to change politics for good. Let's put truth, honesty and integrity at the heart of our democracy. You're not going to tell me it's Farage, are you? It's the Brexit party, of course it is. What we need is the kind of truth, honesty and integrity... Which, brass neck on it. <laughs> which only Nigel Farage can um, can, can bring. Yes. Um, what word, and it's not referendum, is not used in the Labour uh, the Labour leaflet? Oh, is it Brexit? It is Brexit. Yeah. Because <laughs> who cares about that, right? There's a massive picture of Jeremy Corbyn on the front. Hmm. Jeremy Corbyn's unfavourable rating uh, with YouGov, uh, which came out on Thursday, sixty nine percent. Only 15, uh, 19% find him favourable. Uh, he's even less popular than Theresa May. Wow. Um, That's a damning indictment in today's world. Labour's leaflet also says um, that they sh- he, it, Labour will put more bobbies on the beat, uh, introduce regional investment banks and have more new affordable homes to rent. Famously, which is great. All, from the European election. <laughs> all things that you don't need the, the EU to be involved in yeah. at all. Um, Change UK's has got a weird poster in the middle. Have you seen the weird poster? I haven't seen the weird poster. What's on the it's poster? It's got a poster um, that um, one half of it is the Union Jack, the other half of it is the EU flag, and they are they are uh, they are sort of mel- melting What's together a in the middle. Image. And uh, it's it's the uh, I mean it's Change UK's campaign. I think we can safely say now is not going well. Although I think there are some good things about it, and their leaflet is actually quite nice. It's very nicely designed, uh, apart from that weird poster. Um, Joan Ryan, have you seen her speech in Bath today? Uh, yesterday, rather. I think there's been some. There's been a lot of Change UK speeches, but I've tried to. 
kind of separate them, but they're all very, very similar. So she said, she asked, and she, apparently she's done this at lots of other campaign stops, but it's not been highlighted before. She starts her speech by saying, can everybody hold out and look at their hands, please? And everyone holds out and looks at their hands. And then she says, that's it. It's there. The future is in your hands. <laughs> that's... That's like the start of a dodgy company away day, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> very much so. The Brexit Party's leaflet has got a big picture of Nigel Farage Shot. on it. Uh, truth, honesty and integrity. I think we don't need to say any more of that. Uh, the Greens is a good leaflet. It says their slogan is stop Brexit and fight climate change. Two very important aims. Uh, which is good. It also says we celebrate and defend the right to free movement. Oh, I like that. I would like that too. Good for the Greens. Uh, which I think is very good. Proudly European, real change. Uh, the Lib Dems says your vote can stop Brexit. Tell Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn there's no good Brexit. Vote Lib Dem to stop Brexit. I think mm. a theme is emerging there. Uh, Plaid Cymru's uh, says make Wales matter. I think Wales does matter. It's, yeah. a, bit, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Uh, it says, send a message to Westminster that Wales has had enough of this Brexit shambles, which I suppose, you know, well, Wales was slightly leave, wasn't it? Just a little bit, yeah. Um, so I suppose that speaks to, to most people. Uh, Scottish Tories have got a big picture of Ruth Davidson. Popular, very popular. SNP have got a big picture of Nicola Sturgeon. No, popular. Um, UKIP have got a very big picture of Gerard Batten. I'm not sure that's a, a vote winner. And it also says, make Brexit happen. Which, to me, as a fan of Mean Girls, you just want to say, stop trying to make Brexit happen. You're a big Brex fan of Mean Girls. Brexit isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen, Gretchen. Uh, but it does have on it, you told them once, now tell them tell again, them again. Which is Whatever you think of UKIP, it's a great slogan. Yeah, it really is. It's all over the side of their bus as well, isn't it? And everything it as well. Tell them again. Tell them again. It's a good. It's a very good slogan for a very bad party. The Conservative Party leaflet is, I mean, is my favourite. The only party which can get Brexit done is the Conservative Party. <laughs> Come on then. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been waiting for? And then it's um, it, there's been a controversy because it says. Uh, when we make Brexit happen, we will leave the common fisheries policy and the common agricultural policy. It doesn't say we will leave the customs union mm -hmm. and the single market. Of course. And uh, obviously Nigel Farage is making a big deal of this. But it also says, brilliantly, don't vote Conservative. What? Because it says, the first line of it is, if people who do not want to see a Brexit deal delivered don't vote Conservative... This will split the vote. It actually says, <laughs> don't vote Conservative. It's all in the subliminals, isn't it? <laughs> so which of those would grab you the most, do you think, I quite if like you were a floating voter? Well, I do quite like the sound of the weird poster in the, in the Change UK one. I, I like something that I could put up, up a window. And there's been those posters going around as well, haven't there? That, you know, we're a Remain household, don't knock here. Yes. Or, if you're not, essentially, etc., yes. um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. We've got a free one of those in the new European print edition this there week. There we go, you can stick that up. Uh, so you can stick that up if you want your windows put through. No, you won't get your windows put through, just do it. Um, Where we have to take no responsibility yes, for that. That's right, yeah. yeah. We cannot pay any expenses to anyone who gets their windows put through. I actually, despite them being an absolutely odious party, I quite like that UKIP one. 
just for the thought of having Gerard Batten's face on it yeah. and thinking that that's going to win you votes. I know, it's incredible, people isn't it? People just can be confused. A lot of people I speak to still think Nigel Farage runs the party. Who's this bloke? Who is this guy? <laughs> it's like having a big picture of Jeremy Kyle on the front of your leaflet, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> it isn't very good. So that was the news that was. Um, please go and vote in the European elections. I think you know who to to vote for just 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 vote remain um but of course you know if you want to vote tactically there are tactical things out there remain united remain voter um but please go and vote because you know that the other side uh will absolutely i think this is going to be a vote rather than between parties again between leave and remain and that's how we'll be tallying up the votes yeah it is soon we'll be back with richard porritt Exeter of the week. Oh, welcome back. Well, I've finished. Thanks for that. That was really helpful because I've I've cooked up this incredible oh, was, Brexit dish. It was beautiful. Do you want me to take you through it? Yeah, please do. Yeah. So I've got baked salmon. Yeah, nice. Wrapped. It's been wrapped in. What is that? Parma ham. Parma ham. So this is why I, it's. A, I'm trying to bring as many dishes from as many parts of Europe together the all European in one. Flavors. That's, yeah. That's so, two. So baked salmon wrapped in parma ham. Yeah. So that's Scottish salmon. Yes. And our friends in Scotland, of course, being dragged out of the EU unfairly, we would say. Yeah. Parma ham. Yeah. From Parma. From Parma. In Italy. Yeah. Oh, good. A. Not in Mallorca. <laughs> no. <laughs> is it from Mallorca, Parma ham, or is it? Got me there. That would be a different kind of ham. Do you know where mayonnaise is from? Mayonnaise? Yeah. Well, it's... Well, I don't know. It's from eggs, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, but where, where did it originate where from? Where did it originate? Well, isn't it French? Mahon in Menorca. Oh, Mahonese. Really? Yeah. I went on a press trip to Menorca and was invited to the Mahonese um, mayonnaise factory. Well, this is, these are fantastic facts. So we've got some Mahonese there on the plate, as you can see. I can see there's a little dab there. I do there? like Some mayonnaise. people would have gone with Hollandaise, but Hollandaise... Well, I'd add a bit of ketchup the, if you want. You feel that the problem is... <laughs> That's enough. That's enough, I've yeah. got some asparagus. Yeah, from Norfolk. Norfolk asparagus. Beautiful. And I've got some sauerkraut. Excellent. German. Yeah, good. Um, and other things. Other things. <laughs> from other European countries. So other European countries are so, available. So after Brexit... There's a little week, baguette there, which I can see that you've... Well, that's that's just... I just ram everything in a slice of bread. Oh, do you? Yeah, because you're from... I have Yorkshire. oyster sandwiches. Oyster sandwiches. I've yeah. had an oyster Nouveau sandwich. Nouveau It's very delicious. <laughs> Have you actually had an oyster sandwich? Yeah, you, but you, in you, Warburton. You get them in not in Warburton. <laughs> nice but you get them in um, there. you get them in New Orleans. They fry the oysters. Oh wow! And then you have like a, a sort of a hot, um, a hot sort of like a hot Mary Rose type sauce yeah. on the on the baguette yeah, yeah. on the poor boy as they call Sounds them. Sounds nice. Either side and lots of lettuce. And then on top you have these like, lovely fried oysters. I just have mine in white, sliced white Warburton's. Warby's. Yeah. That's good. And what I do is, because I'm so working class, yeah. I, don't, I get one slice, I butter it, I fold it in half. Oh, nice. Yeah, don't have two slices at once. Get it in there. And what happens What happens to the oysters? And also, I Well, I have to swallow it all in one go. <laughs> okay. And I, I, I imagine that the caviar that you sprinkle on top all just falls out into your beard, doesn't it? Well, I, I spread that straight onto my tongue. <laughs> in the morning, every <laughs> yeah, morning. For, for, with my mum's toothbrush I use. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, enough meandering. About, yeah, that is meandering, isn't it? Brexiteer of the week, please. Uh, I just want. I want a, a, before we start, I just want to big up uh, a piece uh, that I've written in the New European print edition <laughs> this week. Well, the ego has landed. It'll be online as well. Um, well, I usually talk about the other piece, don't I? But I'm just going to talk about the Brexiteers. But this week there is a piece about uh, the uh, charming um, Esther McVeigh, who, as we know, is running uh, for. Uh, the, to be the next leader of the Conservative Party, even though there isn't a vacancy yet. Um, so check that out. I've spoken to some people who used to work with Esther McVeigh during her TV career. It's TV's about her TV Esther career. McVeigh. Uh, but the Brexiteers of the week, Esther McVeigh is featured in this uh, in previous uh, months. Let's start with Godfrey Bloom, our old friend Godfrey Bloom. Oh, yeah. Uh, used to be an MEP. Yep. Used to belong to UKIP. Did. Left the party. Yep. I mean, he was... He basically said that um, that um, foreign aid, all foreign aid, went to Bongo Bongo Land. Yeah, uh, and then he, he made some unseemly remarks about the uh, the look of women at a UKIP conference. Well, it was to do with, and then he suggested that he was actually suggesting that they were a certain word. Yes, because they didn't clean behind their, their fridges. fridges yeah. They would use an electric toothbrush. It was too extreme even for UKIP, <laughs> basically. But and then he attacked Michael Crick with a... He um, did, with a rolled-up newspaper. Yeah, yeah. We've all done it. Um, but anyway, he is, he is back uh, for UKIP. This is a, a measure of how desperate they are. Mike Hookham, who, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, who yeah. is... Um, Hookham, flog him, who is uh, not He's not done well <laughs> himself on... Uh, he's not covered himself in glory this week. His campaign in uh, Yorkshire and North Leagues to be in, to retain his seat as an MEP not going well so so badly in fact that um, he's had to bring in Godfrey Bloom. Um, <laughs> is and, he the Alistair uh, Campbell figure of his campaign? He is, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mike Hookham on Twitter, he promised a game-changing video, and it said, it said <laughs> "UKIP legend Godfrey Bloom <laughs> explains why he's going to stay loyal to UKIP." Shun his friend Nigel <coughs> Farage and vote for UKIP in the European elections in 2019. And I thought I must click on this. This mm, is this game is must see game changing content. Mm. And I've got I've written down what Godfrey Bloom said, uh, and he said, in my view, it doesn't matter a great deal whether you vote for the UKIP or the Brexit party, oh. as they're both Brexit, and your vote will count anyway oh. because it's proportional representation. Right, I'm not. Mm. It's not really a, the, the biggest rallying call that you'd ever want. Really. Um, talking of the Brexit party, Mike Green. Do, do you know Mike Green's work? He used to be on the. He was on the Secret Millionaire a couple of times. He is a Peterborough uh, businessman. He's written a book called Failure Breeds Success. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is good. Yeah. Because his campaign so far <laughs> in Peterborough is a bit of a failure. I think uh, he was appeared on Radio 4's Today program. Mm. He said. If we leave the EU, we'll have more control about what we do in education, what we do about child poverty, and how we spend the money that's going to the EU at the moment. And then he was asked the tricky question, which bit of European law or administration or bureaucracy is stopping us from doing something that you would like to address in education and child poverty? Mm. That's how long he paused for. <laughs> and then he said, I, 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 I haven't got into the detail of legal specific laws. Oh. Um, so, um, so they're not very good. good uh, you mentioned the Today programme. Do you know what they call it in their planning meeting, the Today programme? No. Tomorrow. Oh, it's <laughs> hey, good. Hey. Uh, Big Sam Allardyce. Big Sam. Now, he was so embarrassed. England's most successful manager well, of all was, time. But he was so appalled. <laughs> 
about having to take England into Europe to play a match. Yeah. That he, after he played Slovakia, he decided he didn't <laughs> like it, and uh, and he, he, then he had to resi- then he resigned. And he's come out as a Brexiteer. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. He was on Jeremy Kyle. Uh, no, he wasn't on Jeremy Carr, was he? he was on, <laughs> I was going to say, wow. was on Jeremy Vine. <laughs> no wonder they cancelled it. Yes, exactly. He was on Jeremy Vine, yeah. uh, and he said he wasn't going to vote in the European elections because of his frustrations with Brexit. Yeah. And then he said, uh, but Nigel Farage, I quite like. Mm. He's always been a forthright, forward-speaking, intelligent man. Mm. Presumably mm. so intelligent that he knows that forward-speaking isn't really a thing. Not really a word. Uh, I guess we all said, speak forward, don't we? He's more of a businessman than a politician. And Mao's been on the front of our he, faces. He might encourage me. And mm. um, so he might encourage... So he might vote for... Uh, Big Sam might vote for the Brexit party. I think that... what Brexit has taught us... It, it, it's taught us lots of things, actually. But what it's taught me is that there are certain people in public life who aren't in politics yes. who should just steer clear of it, keep yeah. it private. Just don't talk about it. Yeah. Don't, just don't, just shush. Um, and this all ties in with a brilliant appearance that Sam Allardyce made in with Richard Keyes, Andy mm. Gray, uh, my, old, my old chums. Do you know my Richard um, Keyes story? Well... It's for off air. It's off air. Maybe next Strictly. time we do a live pod, come and see me Strictly. afterwards, listener, and I'll tell you about Richard Keyes. Strictly off air. Yeah. He did once tell me, you've got a big future in this business, son. Yeah, but you were driving a cab, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> did you get in the back of your cab? I mean, what a thing to say. I've clearly got <laughs> no future in the television business. <laughs> what were you doing? Come on, tell us. I was on a, I was on a show with... Um, a uh, BT sports show with Richard Keyes oh, telling really? jokes about football. Were you? Tell us one of the jokes you told. I, I, I can't remember. Because they weren't the jokes. They were very funny. Um, <laughs> did he laugh? Uh, yes, he did laugh. Yeah, did yeah, did yeah, you take yeah. a loop? But, but I suspect that he, you know, wind assisted, I think, yeah. Right. Anyway, Sam Allardyce was on with him in March mm-hmm. and he said, he started, he went on about foreign managers again. Was this on his Azerbaijan? Being in sports, yeah. Right, Being in yeah. sports, which is in the Middle East. And, he, and they, Richard Key said, oh, he's all these foreign managers nowadays. And he said, yeah, we're sucked into the fact that they all do better than we do. They all bring their kids up better than we do. Mm. They all play football better than we do. Everybody's going on about it. Mm. And I agree with him, because yeah. apart from the most exciting Premier League title race ever, uh, and four domestic clubs getting to the finals of the two European competitions, yeah. what really have foreign managers achieved this season? Yeah, and we should also there mention Huddersfield Town's two um, German managers this season who've lit up the Premier League, I think. They have. Also, here we are in Norwich, Daniel Farker, who's a German man, yeah. who I once saw staring at my... Pizza. Yeah, he took a fancy to your grub, didn't he, one he time? He did, yeah. yeah did he... you offer him a slice? You really should no, have. No, because when I looked up through the, the restaurant window, having felt that somebody was watching me, I got that feeling somebody's watching me, yeah. and saw the figure of Daniel Farker, the Norwich manager, yeah. staring at my pizza through the window. When I, when I looked up and made eye contact with him, he pretended he'd been leaning against the window because yeah. he was out for a jog. Doing press And he sort of did a little press-up against the window, and then he ran away. Right. Well, it's a very strange thing to have done, but I think you should Nosey chase after Farker, him with <laughs> as, as um, the great Paul Hawksby uh, of Talksport. I think you should. I, could, I think you should chase after him with a slice of pizza. When I told that story, controversially though, the Brexiteer of the week is none of them. It's mm. Piers Morgan. Yes, and people will say, "Didn't Piers Morgan used to be your old boss?" Didn't Piers Morgan used to be your old well, boss? He did. He did, and he was very nice to me. Yeah. And um, yeah. and I've got to say, apart from the obvious. He was a very good editor of the Daily Mirror. I agree um, completely. I think he was um, a fine editor. And, you, you know, we, we had loads of great stories. You never really knew what was going to happen next. 
um, and um, it didn't end well, but he was great to work for. And I've always resisted putting Piers Morgan in Brexiteers of the Week, um, despite his Brexit conversion, mm. uh, because of that. Mm. But I had to mention this this week, because in case you missed it, Piers Morgan tweeted at the weekend, Nigel Farage is looking and sounding like a leader on Andrew Marr, and he went on and on about how great uh, Nigel Farage had been. And anyone mm. who saw yes. the Andrew Marr performance uh, that Nigel Farage put on <clears throat> would know that, that he didn't look and sound like a no. leader. He looked and sounded like a man who was running away from very dodgy things that he said in the past. I thought um, Marr did a pretty good job, though. Yeah, I thought he was good. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I thought he was good. Anyway, but I thought it was, you know, it was a bit of a score draw, wasn't it? Because Nigel Farage just wanted to rant on about the BBC bias, and that played wow, into it's his difficult, hands a little yeah. bit. Anyway, so he uh, appears then a, a little Twitter war began with a guy called Reese Dinsdale, who you might know. I do. I know Reese Dinsdale. Yes. Yeah, you were aware was, of his work. Well, he was. He was. We've spoke about Reese Dinsdale on this podcast we before have. because. Reese Dinsdale is fan of the New European. Yes, he is. He's also in the scariest movie ever made, yes. which is called Threads. Threads, yes, if you, he is, that's it, right. It is truly horrific, awful, and yet absolutely brilliant piece of British cinema from the mid-1980s that you must see. He was also in Home to Roost. He was in Home to Roost. And um, Coronation Street for a long time. And he played, uh, was he? Oh, I didn't mm. know that. And he was in, He was in. there was a football hooligan film he was in as well. Uh, ID. ID, yeah. That is also quite a good film. He also bears a striking resemblance to, to like properly like people stop him on the street, to um, a uh, press association wire deputy editor Richard Woodward. They they stop Reese Dinsdale and say, and say "Oh, you, you Richard, Richard Woodward. Woodward." Yeah, is yeah. his name actually Woodward or is it Woodward? Well, he he likes it pronounced Woodward. Woodward, but it is Woodward, and he 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 hates it when people say, "You look like that fella out of Reese." You look like Reese Dinsdale. Which well, if calls... Reese Dinsdale is is listening, hello Reese Dinsdale. Hello Reese, and but we'd love I would love Reese Dinsdale to come on the podcast. Come on the podcast, and he's we been... can talk about the the thing with with Piers Morgan that I'm about to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, Reese Dinsdale quite reasonably tweeted uh, in reply, "If you can't tell the difference between looking and sounding like a leader." and faux indignation and empty bluster, then your opinion is worthless to me. Piers Morgan then replied, this may explain why you haven't had any lead roles for years. To which Reese Dinsdale replied, oh dear, if you'd done your homework, you'd see that I've been directing television dramas, one of which last year won an RTS award, that's the Royal Television yeah, Society, yeah, I believe. Right. It beat two other nominated programmes in the category, your morning show on GMTV was wonderful. <laughs> so, we're really talk about things coming home to roost. Oh! So, though you're a great man, and Piers Morgan, I'm sorry, but you are the Brexiteer of the week. Brilliant. Reece Dinsdale is a star. And talking of people who were in your in your sort of youth or, or long ago and you thought it disappeared but were doing cool things behind the scenes. I only just this week learned that Dexter Fletcher is like now super duper director. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did Bohemian Rhapsody like a, I'm not sure I've not seen it or not. He came in he came in he rescued it, didn't he? Uh, Brian Singer, didn't he? And yeah. then he's done this Rocket Man thing. And then he's done Rocket Man. And he did the other, there was another good film a couple of years ago that he did well, he, as well. He made the Proclaimers film Sunshine on Leaf, Sunshine which, is, on which Leaf. is much better than you would expect. And a, and what um, a great song Sunshine on Leaf is. Right, Jane Horrocks is very good in it. 
So that's great. I love the fact um, that the, I he thought he'd gone with press really game. Um, I met him a few years ago when he did a, he did a, made a really good film called Wild Bill, which I yes. think has got it's certainly got Liz White in it from yeah. Ashes to Ashes, and I yeah. can't remember who the lead is. Is it, is it, is it Paddy Considine? It might be. But well, he's very, brilliant, isn't he? But brilliant. it's very, very good anyway, and I strongly recommend that you watch it. Um, and he was a very nice man, and he did the um, he did the um, we sang the theme from Press Gang, yeah. which was very good. Yeah, and he did the entire Who's Baby Where's Get Baby Face yeah. uh, scene from um, from Bugsy Malone. And uh, yes, because of course he was in that as well. Yeah, wasn't he? he was Babyface. Yeah, yeah, I'm Babyface. And and he um, and he uh, not American, of course. No, and he played an American. He in... was also Al Pacino's son in Revolution. He, you see, another career that people have just accidentally looked over. Now back again, home to roost, like you say. He's back, back, back. And he also... Do you know who his best man was at his wedding? Was it Reese Dinsdale? <laughs> that would be brilliant. But it was Alan Rickman. Oh, Alan Rickman. A cool, cool thing. Anyway, listen. Uh, and they we, say that this podcast is meandering. meandering. I can't believe well, we, it. Uh, well, there is a good link, because we get we increasingly get people contacting us, which is brilliant. Um, we really enjoy uh, when you reach out and tell us we're rubbish um, because you're often correct. But some people tell us how great we are and some people tell us things that we don't quite understand, but we'll get to that. But I just thought we'd run through a few of the messages we've had in the last few weeks. Yes. Um, because I think it's nice. But People send these things in and they just sort of go off into an ether and they probably think they get ignored. We do try and respond to, to the ones we can. Um, emails and 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 uh, Twitter and social media is good for getting a response, but some people leave reviews as well, of course. And we've had we picked three here yeah. from um, from abroad, from uh, safely off the shores of Brexit Britain. So I thought I'd read. I like this one. So this is um, this is someone called Lejac in New Zealand. Lejac, worth sticking with. Worth sticking with. <laughs> Despite the meandering approach of the subject of Brexit. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> True. We, there you go. We True. meander a bit, but we we're sorry about that, Sage. There is a lot of good stuff here. It tends to be better when Jerry is about to change the dynamic. I agree. I agree completely with that. I particularly like the fact that the guys are happy to consider the views they don't agree with. That'll be Brexiteer of the Week. Yes. <laughs> the podcast, which included Tim Martin and the Leavers March, were particularly good in this regard. Oh, good. Well, That's we should nice. do more of that. It's nice, isn't it? Um, this one is from Gopal uh, in Richmond in the United States of America. Ah, Richmond, Virginia. That's right. Richmond, VA. This is one of the few podcasts I listen to and support financially. Hey. Well, I'd like to pull you up on this, Gopal. <laughs> because we haven't seen any of that cash. I'm not sure. Maybe, is he clicking on the links no, for our sponsors? Be, well, or? he might be going through it. And he might be going steady through HQ. Steady HQ. Well, we'll get to that. Com. If he is going through Steady HQ, then he's a hero. He is. And let me know, and we will. I'll put your picture on the podcast. Yeah. That would work, wouldn't it? Richmond, Virginia. Very nice. I've been... Uh, I was about to say, I've been rafting there, but I haven't. I've been... I've, drafting? I've, no, I've merely watched people uh, rafting raft. there. Did you go there specifically to do that? I must go and watch some people raft. Well, we, we, we went there, we saw people rafting, and we said, we'll come back and do this tomorrow, because it looks really good. In fact, it wasn't rafting. It was They, they were in giant, sort of, four-man... Tubes, right? Um, and um, sounds dangerous, this to me. Big tires, basically. Right. Yeah, and uh, it threw so, you off a 
waterfall. But sadly, the next day it rained heavily, yeah. so we just went to Washington and got drunk instead. So, <laughs> so he says, which is kind of the afterthought of your life, isn't it? So we just went to the pub and got drunk yeah, instead. Basically, I was going to get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they are presenting the European point of view on the UK, which I don't see anywhere else. Very nice, really nice those. Thank you. Um, then I had a particular. This, this was one of my favourites from last week because you remember last week um, I spoke of Rory Stewart, or if any of you downloaded the podcast in the first couple of days of the week, Rory Smith. Yes. Um, as I, sorry, my mistake, wrongly um, put it on the on the podcast title. Now you may remember we were talking about Game of Thrones last we week were. and how Rory Stewart, the Tory MP and leadership candidate, is probably father of dragons. Yes. Now I know you've been very excited about Game of Thrones this yeah. week and you watched. The controversial episode this week. What did you think of it? I thought when when she did that thing, it was bad. Well, wasn't it just? Yeah. yeah. The lots of people. Of, the mother of goblins. Lots of people talking about story arcs all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm. I'll be honest with you. I am. I'm not a great fan. I stumbled across it talking about five years ago late at night. Yeah. <laughs> and they're sort of you know I sort of caught up. So I know what's going on, but I'm not very good on the names and things. Yeah. So anyway, no spoilers, because you might not have seen it yet, but this is from Justin Knight, who says, Congratulations on another great podcast. Good opening. <laughs> You're going to read on, aren't you? Yeah. Um, just a quick pointer to another link you may have missed between Rory Stewart and Game of Thrones. You're correct to say that he attended Dragon School in Oxford, which is all where yeah. all the mothers and fathers of dragons go. That's where they go, yeah. To learn how to do the dragoning. Many of the brightest kids at that school go on to Eton, as did he. Yeah. Many of the slightly less bright, but by no means thick. So, mm, I mean, not like you, not mate. me and you. Um, feed into a school called St Edward's, which is a ten-minute walk away in North Oxford. Good. St Edward's is where Daenerys Targaryen went to school, and she is the mother of, of all dragons. Mother of dragons. Wow. Anyway, I thought you'd like that connection. We do. Another one might be that Hermione Granger also went to the Dragon School. Think you sort of cross mixing. Is there, stories. Are the dragons in Harry Potter? Don't know. That's for children. Okay. So don't watch that. Uh, don't keep watch up that. the good work. There's a, certainly a hippogriff in it. <laughs> keep up the good work. What, I get what so was a hippogriff? <laughs> I have no idea. I get so depressed all week by UK politics, and then cheered up by your pod. Well, Justin, thank you so much for that email. Um, we were certainly cheered up by Is that. Is it a hippo that's had sex with a griffin? I don't think there's any. Can don't, you, don't you think there's any sex readers? In can you can Harry you Potter? Write in. Can you tweet us? Do you know the weird thing is because I remember the Harry Potter's Harry Potter books coming out as will you, and yes. they were very firmly for children. Very much so. Then they realised a couple of years later. Oh, if we put some maybe a few darker covers on these, we'll try and punt it to some older um, people. It as well. worked, and it worked really it well. Worked. So a whole generation of adults started reading children's books. They did, as if that generation needed dumbing down anymore. We both know young people who aren't really that young anymore now, no. but were children when they read that. So they talk in this weird Harry Potter language that I have got no idea what they're talking about. Parcel tongue. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. In fact, it's funny that because that's mentioned. Oh, is it? Parcel tongue is mentioned in, oh, is. in Justin's email, but I dodged it because I thought I had no idea what he was no talking idea about. What it was. Well, there you go. But this has got to be our favourite email. This I is think. my favourite email of the week, but perhaps ever. Yes. Um, this is from 
Um, Tim uh, Loscom, is that what how you would yeah. say that? Loscom. Yeah. Um, and, and Loscom, maybe. Yeah. Loscom. And, and he writes, and thanks ever so much, Tim, for getting in touch. I think there may have been some cross, cross wires, but uh, he says, I love you, but look, don't get drunk while doing a podcast. Not cool. Loving your work as ever, but not when it gets sloppy. Be cool and continue to be brilliant, as you are, Tim. There you go. Well, I, I mean, Tim, thank you so much. Great that you listen. Please carry on. But um, we're not drunk. We're just rubbish. <laughs> I mean, we're not really yeah, no, not drunk. I'm not drunk now. Just I'm just rubbish. like this all the time. I mean, give it an hour. But yeah. right now, just rubbish. Um, and that's... We can't... I'm afraid, in mitigation, alcohol cannot be our mitigation for it getting sloppy. Um we just don't have a producer to sort it out for us when it goes terribly wrong. So, keep your correspondence coming. Tweet us, send your letters in via email, send them in via the post if you want. It's one TNE podcast three, yeah. Brussels. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> no, but you'll find it on the website you if will. you want to send it in. I think most of our listeners probably um, are au fait with electronic. Uh, forms of communication. Just send, us a, just send us a tweet throughout the New European. Yeah, which absolutely. is one of many things that you can do. What else could they do? You could. Um, well, we've said you can follow the New European. You can follow me at Sanglesey, which is S A N G L E S E Y. You can follow you. You're at Porrit, aren't you? P O R I double T. We've got a Facebook group uh, for New European readers. You can just go to Facebook and like the New Europeans uh, Facebook page. If you want to give us some money, yeah, like, like, GoPal. like our friend GoPal yeah. in Richmond, Virginia, yeah. Go you PayPal. Can, you can, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yes. You can go to steadyhq.com, search for the New European, and you can um, support our, our campaign to, uh, to fight Brexit and talk about lasagna and beans and um, cleaning your toilet rim with an electric toothbrush. Well, f- what I would also yeah. like you to do, though, is do what um, some of those guys did and leave great reviews Absolutely. on your podcatcher of choice. Yeah. So yeah. on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get us from, Audio Boom. That makes a massive difference. And do you know what? More and more people have, have come across and enjoyed this podcast because of the reviews. Because the more reviews you get, the more visible you are. It's like what do what points make? Prizes. Yeah. Yeah. What the reviews make? A bigger resistance against Brexit. A bigger resistance. I did a Mike Green then. I did a, I did a pause. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I've been working on that little catchphrase. A bigger resistance against Brexit. It's good, isn't it? Should it be stronger? Stronger resistance? Probably. I would just stick to the cooking. Yes, well, tuck in. That was another meandering edition of the New European Podcast. If you haven't already, go and get the paper. It's £2.50. It's available now in all newsagents. It's got tons of politics, as you'd expect. Tons of Brexit as you'd expect. But it's also got lots of art and culture. We'll be back next week. But until then, Mr Campbell, grab your bagpipes. Here you go.